welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 96. Yes, we're nearly there at the uh, 100th episode, which I'm sure is going to be fantastic. But today I'm joined by uh, an animal, a Football Index frog. How are you doing, mate? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. You sound not much like a frog, but you definitely do sound different to what I expected for some reason. I maybe should have come in there with the, the ribbit or, you know, as everything everyone's <laughs> been saying online. But yeah, no, uh, Scottish frog. I'm a Scottish frog, so. <laughs> and uh, why don't you get straight into it and tell us a bit about yourself and kind of your football index journey up to this point? Okay, well, as I said, I'm from Scotland. Um, I have been completely obsessed with football my entire life. Um, everything from playing, coaching, fantasy football, FIFA, football manager, betting on football, anything football related, basically. And that extends to even sport. I'd sit and watch, you know, like, so the World Championship 10-pin bowling. (laughs) (laughs) If I could spend my days traveling the world watching sport, I'd be a happy, happy man. (laughs) You sound quite like your uh, animal counterpart, Panda. Football Index Panda, who's also just the biggest sports fan. Yeah, sports fan yeah, on yeah. I remember him saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just an obsession. It really is. You know, um, something like, in the water that these animals are drinking. Yeah, must be, must be. <laughs> um, regarding FI, I got into it September 2018. It was my mate, my friend Ali, um, who had been in it a few months, and you know. I was a little bit annoyed that I hadn't found it earlier, you know, with my, especially with my betting and everything like that, you know, but it is what it is and we have to just deal with what we've got. eh? And um, regarding like FI, you know, I often hear people go on about like, oh, I never knew anything about foreign leagues until FI. Well, like, I did. (laughs) You know, know, like, it it was just an obsession with data and football and, you know, obviously the betting. My mates have a joke around. They go, Steve, um, who should I bet on in the Lithuanian third division this week? (laughs) You know, it's, it's, you know, it's just always been an FI just ticks every box of everything that I've ever been interested in. It just brings it all together in one focused objective and you know it's brilliant i love it you know and i can feel your enthusiasm through the mic yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, that's great because it's true it's just um you know football's everything you know don't let my daughter and that hear that but (laughs) but but yeah football is you know first thing i think about etc you know last thing you know that cheesy line but it's true <laughs> and uh every time you you start a sentence with a word that begins with r i think you're going to say ribbit for some reason i'm always like ah okay he hasn't done it but yeah. um that kind of leads us into miscellaneous questions about frog related things yavi the infamous yavi says are you really a frog and i don't know what to, to say to that really <laughs> yeah i've seen these questions it's an interesting bunch you've you've got questions from there that's for sure um yavi obviously being the the main one there. Well, frog started as I had a friend on Slack that was another animal. So I obviously had to compete with that. And I had the name Findex Frog came to me. And I know that frogs are a symbol of luck and prosperity in some cultures. And then I found the crowned frog. And I was like, well, that's me. Sold. <laughs> um, it was originally just for Slack, but I had always wanted a Twitter account that was just for FI. I've had my own mm-hmm. personal Twitter for years. It's 
cluttered with my all, all my interests and I just wanted one for like was focused on FI. And that was it. That was initially that the reason the frog was created. Um if I touch on why, you know, like I'm primarily on Twitter now and mm-hmm. less Slack. Well, it was kind of the tail end of the season. I kind of backed away from the Slack chat. Um I use Buzzbot daily and observe the chatter, but at the time, Slack was kind of getting me down a bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, I felt, and I think a lot felt that way, you know, the arguing childish behavior. I wasn't innocent. I was caught up in the arguments, but I hated it happening. And all I wanted to do was talk about football. Mm-hmm. Um, thing is though, Fig, if you put a group of lads in a room, <laughs> you put a group of lads in a room to discuss football and egos, we know what happens. But it can go too far, and I just wanted to talk about football. I think Slack's a lot better now. You know, the guys Bishop and DCA, they've, um, they've started mods and threads being used, more subtopics. You know, I think it's, it's a lot better now. But at the time, I took a step back, and mm. it just became the frog on Twitter, really. <laughs> and, uh, well, that was a longer story than I thought it would be uh footy index now frog needs to set up a youtube channel wearing a mask any plans of this no no sorry sorry i'll take it on board um (laughs) but no not at present no (laughs) uh i'll move swiftly on uh jake index why are you a frog You've, you've kind of answered that penguin from slack instead of frog's pump of the day why don't you call it frog's ribbit of the day yes well to touch on the question, it's not pump of the day, it's frogs find, <laughs> frogs find and it's not of the day. But um, yeah, okay, um, I'll see if I can incorporate Ribbit at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, I think that kind of sport obsession is really, it can be really valuable for Fairfy. I mean, Panda does a great job. I mean, he's really, really astute trader. And I think if you've listened to his episodes, yes, I have. Uh, and if, yeah, you kind of know what you're getting with him. And if you haven't, please do. He's a good act. But how much has that helped with FI? Well, okay. Um, some will get this, some won't. While making money through FI is great, you know, obviously life is what it is and we want to make money. But it's the research and the studying is, I get the most enjoyment out of that. You know, like, I have an obsession, which was maybe some might think an unhealthy obsession, but now it's a healthy obsession. You know, I have, mm. a, I have a purpose to that obsession. And in theory, that could change my life and that my family. You know, that's my dream. Mm-hmm. Like, who doesn't want to wake up every day and do what they love? You know, I have a good job, but it's not my dream. I would rather not fly away to an oil rig for three weeks, spending half <laughs> half my life there. If I could wake up study watch football for a living wow you know i would be a very happy man i think a lot of people would wouldn't they enjoy football as much as you do and as much as i do and as much as uh, a lot of listeners do uh, before we get into some proper questions do you need to plug episode 100 of the football index podcast was which frog you can't unfortunately make can you no i will be back on that oil rig i just discussed ah, we can dial you in or something i'm sure <laughs> But if you guys are looking to come on over to London on the 7th of September from, you know, the early evening, have a few drinks, watch a live show alongside myself, Sam Friedman, Tall Bob FI and Lee, who's uh, Football Index SOTD, then head over to bit.ly forward slash 2GF3ZYF or just search Football Index on Eventbrite. And tickets are actually going quite quickly, like quicker than I thought. You know, there's only, I think, there must be like just over a quarter left, which is kind of surprising. 
this far out from the event we're we're three and a half or so weeks away so uh usually when you put on events uh, a lot go in the week preceding because people have no idea what they're doing at that date so if you are kind of 50 50 then hopefully that's kind of changed your mind but let's get on with the questions frog we don't have all day do we and you probably need to get back to some sort of pond uh, fi <laughs> underscore fpl addict how many hours research do you do per day or per week? What data sources do you use? And does the eye test play as well as sentiment on teams or players play a significant part in your decisions? Yeah, well, I work hard, really hard. <laughs> um, between Football Index and my real job, you could say, I have a job that's 12 hours a day for three weeks solid. And joke is when I'm there, I have two jobs, no time to sleep. Um, football, like even before FI, but especially now, consumes so much of my time. And I just love, I love the research. I love watching football. I love studying players, systems, styles, manage everything. And going on to your data sources and tools and stuff like that, well, you know, I use a plethora. Um, in terms of FI focused, um, obviously index gain. Index gain is, you know, I know you do a, an index gain plug on your show and I might do one here myself. You know, it's, um, doing my job for me, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's by far the best FI focused tool you can have. You know, it's game changing to FI and they keep innovating as well. The lads there, DCA, um, Bishop, they should be so proud. Like it's a phenomenal product and it just keeps getting better. So in terms of, FI. Other than that, um, obviously things like your your normal sites like Who Scored, Sofa, Sofa Score, um, YouTube, etc. Obviously, I've signed up for Smarter Scout, oh, um, still to learn more about it. Um, the other one that I use a lot is one that I hope to be working quite closely with, and um, I don't have a link live yet, but I'm in the process of trying to get a link for premium offers for people that would like to join. They do budgets, the packages for all budgets, but that's Scout. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of them before. Why don't you tell us a bit about what they do? Okay, as a tool, well, it's phenomenal, right? You can access footage from any game any player in the world has ever played. Wow. Yeah, like, so you click on, like, the one example I thought of here um, and it's a player I don't own. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> um, for example, like, you know, Augustin Almendra from Boca Juniors? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, like, the. <laughs> Sadly enough, my life, I, I do know who that is. Uh, see, see, I've, ne- I've never owned him. I've never owned him. I thought that would be the best way to do it. But, um, like, he's spoken of a player that will make it over to Europe, but like, a lot of people won't know much about him, where to find info. On Scout. you can click on and you can look at every game he's ever played, whether in full game, whether it's in, like, highlights of his dribbles, highlights of his shots, highlights of its assists. You know, they break it down in so many ways. Um, you also... They do statistical breakdowns, in-depth reports. It's just, you know, it, they've actually just been bought over by a massive North American company called Huddle. So that's oh, wow. game-changing too. So yeah, like I can't talk highly enough of it in terms of like someone who wants to research a player but is struggling to find, um, you know, footage or data, etc. You know, like they cover it all. They're also used by like sports agents, scouts, clubs. You know, I guess it's in a similar sense to Smarter Scout, but just obviously diff- with hmm. with the footage as well. You know, it's they do f- packages from like nineteen a month all the way up to like hundreds. But it's been game changing for me being able to like actually look at a player that I, 
and not having to trail through YouTube and, you know, just trying to find footage for this player. So, yeah, yeah, why scout? I can't talk highly enough of that. Nice, nice. And uh, has that helped you so far in terms of other players? You don't have to name names, but how kind of useful has the eye test been for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, because I'm a data geek, you know, I just consume numbers for breakfast and lunch and stuff. (laughs) Um, But the reality is numbers only tell you so much. You know yeah. what I mean? And especially with things like um, matrix changes and, you know, all these sort of things, you, you need to, there's nothing quite like watching how a team plays and how a player is important to that team and how that could, you can translate that to mm, FI, mm. you know, that, so yeah, like just being able to, uh, the fingertips, I click on Scout. I have every country in the world, I click on the country, it gives me every league, every national team, you know, from the under 14s, that's obviously where, um, you know, like, Sam Richards and stuff has been watching all the young Dutch players. Um, but it's phenomenal. It really is. It's just a great tool. And, you know, I'm looking forward to working with them. So recently, ITV announced that they're going to have the rights for La Liga this season. Is it not important for players that you own, not only to kind of prove or pass the eye test, but also to be accessible to enough eyes? Well, that's it. You know, absolutely. You know, like what happened with La Liga last season was, it was shocking. It was embarrassing. I know we're moving to the age of Netflix and everything's online and, you know, I know that, but restricting access to games, you know, from, for La Liga as a business, I just think that's ridiculous. Mm. And, you know, in terms of FI, then yeah, people, you know, that's why the Premier League players are a premium, you know, because we see them yeah. every week. And we see match of the day, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And, you know, the eye test is huge. Like I have to admit that. I'm probably too focused on the actual data side of it. You know, like, I think it was James you had on your show at one point, um, who said that he changed his whole strategy to just buy players to, that he thought other people would buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Soccer Index is a smart man. Yeah, I totally get the financial logic to that, but the purist in me finds it hard to get away from my style. Yeah. You know, like, so this summer I missed the most part of, like, the, the crazy youth cycles. You know, like, whether, you know, mm. the Brewsters and the Greenwoods this summer, whether it was that, you know, it was out of stubbornness or getting out of players too early, you know, like, I need to improve my strategy to, like, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's a market. Yeah. You know, and supply and demand, et cetera. So, yeah, the eye test is huge, but that you have to appreciate what other people are going to do as well. Yeah, I think I get the purest play. I really do. Because sometimes I'm like, I really don't want to buy this player, but I know he's going to go up. And it feels wrong to buy them, but yeah. he's going to go up. I know he's going to go up. So I just do it anyway. I bite my tongue and I throw my morals in the bin. Um, any integrity left has gone out the window and I, I just do it. And uh, it's to actually make money on a market so that I can actually have more capital to probably implement on the strategy that I do like doing. Because obviously... I don't completely sell up my portfolio and go and do just what other people or what I think people or other other people are going to do. I tend to have predominantly my most of my portfolio and players that I think are going to go up for certain reasons. And whether or not that works best or could be improved or I don't know, we'll, we'll see in the future maybe. But talking of trading strategies, and I've just kind of delved into mine selfishly there, <laughs> FI Yeboa. It's an interesting handle. I think we're, you know, I look at some of the FPL handles sometimes when I'm scrolling Twitter and there's so many random ones. I wonder when we're going to really start scraping the the barrel. 
with their fight handles. You've kind of got frog. There's not going to be another frog, is there? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but are we going to see like you know fi moose or fi eagle or whatever? Like you know, we're just going to keep going, and I wonder people joining in like 2024 or whatever are gonna have some funny handles aren't they i remember i remember there was a wolf argument on twitter at one point where there were multiple wolves (laughs) (laughs) one guy just gave up didn't he it was like a it was just like a back and forth for about five or six tweets and then one guy tweeted literally straight after like hey guys had a bit of a rebrand because there was too many wolves (laughs) (laughs) it is ridiculous but it's funny it is funny oh god it's good times. The FI Twitter blessing us as usual. FI Yaboa. What's your trading strategy? Question mark. Average hold of players? Question mark. Like I've said, start. I'm trying to build a portfolio. You know, I'm trying to build a portfolio that I believe will have a, a strong future. You know, I've been asked before about like, so I think I read through the questions about like, do I only own frogs fines or do I, you know, etc. You know, I have 142 players in my portfolio. I am just trying to my portfolio probably isn't diver- as diverse enough as it should be. You know, it's probably very PB, IPD orientated. You know, I made a decision at the split to get out of the premium players mm-hmm. because I felt that it was a disproportionate amount of money that had gone into them pre-split. And I felt there was value down below. So, and it's obviously all kind of fell into the whole frog's fine thing. And just in general, I just think there's a lot of value out there that people may not have seen yet so you know that's kind of my strategy just trying to find the bit oh, like i sound, sound self-explanatory done it but <laughs> you know like i guess you know i'm i'm, I'm my the, the price of players i'm buying now is getting higher you know i'm going into your you like see your your mason mounts and your you know your, your guys like that guys i probably would have ignored but now that i've seen a bit of a bit of game time and stuff but um like so in generally i'm just trying to find guys that i think have long-term value on the index and will grow with the index interestingly yesterday i made a video about how to value players and that was off the back of sam friedman's article i don't know if you've read it on index gain it was about how he values players and it was super interesting and it kind of inspired me it'll be out this wednesday and it's about 15 minutes long if you can bear watching my face and listening (laughs) to my voice for that long but if you you know if you're you're 22 minutes into the podcast, then maybe you are <laughs> willing to do that. But how do you value players? Because you talked about kind of the amount of money that's gone into the premium players and how you wanted to, or you thought there was value below. How do you value a player? If you're just looking at a player on FI, what do you look at them and, and say, okay, that they are undervalued or they are yeah. overvalued? Obviously, you factor in multiple things, but one of the things I'm very focused on is looking at players comparatively. You know, so if I look at a player that costs one pound, but I look at another player that I see as good a potential on FI, but he's only 50p, then to me, he's, Mm. he seems like the the best value play. You know, like that's kind of one thing. That's one area, you know, but it's generally just trying to like find players that like will suit the matrix, will be in a, I look a lot into teams, systems, styles, you know, like, you know, management changes, etc. Like how is a team going to play, you know, because at the end of the day, we have top players in the index that are obviously great players in the world, but they're not smashing the matrix, you know, so you have to look at the whole bigger picture. But yeah, I do compare players a lot. Yeah, that's interesting. But do you look at them and compare them just from a footballing sense, or is it purely FI? Because obviously, sometimes the two don't correlate, right? No, they don't. They don't. You know, you're right. Um, I guess obviously, it has to be FI. You know, obviously, you yeah. know, you know, I naturally compare 
players and teams all the time anyway. I was doing that before FI, but in terms of this, it has to be FI-focused, obviously. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Well, we'll move on to the next questions. And these are all going to be about kind of tipping and, and being a tipster, because I suppose a lot of the community think that's what you are. And, you know, a definition of a tipster is someone, I guess, who posts about a player um, who they think is value and other people should buy i guess but let's uh, what i'll do i'll ask all the questions at the same time and then you can answer this as you want it right so fi diary asked how do you measure your success as a tipster for example you may tip a player and find immediate rises then drops or buy and find he rises after three months where do you start and stop that that line and then dazzler s have you ever sold a player soon after he's been your uh, frog index find perhaps because he has risen to a point where you can no longer see value in holding him anymore? In this instance, do you see any difference between a tipster and a pump and dumper? Not meant as a dig at all. Uh, And then Football Index Focus, what in your view is the difference between a tip and a pump? I'm not adverse to hyping up a player with sufficient data insight, but when does that cross the line into being dangerous for new users to follow? Trawlers for ballers is being a successful tipster, a strategy in itself, if you have sufficient following. Always see a 10% increase in a froggy tip when I go onto the app to buy them. So uh, let's start at the top, right? Like, uh, Why did you start doing this? Okay, well, basically, I never set out to be a tipster. <laughs> I never thought there and go, oh, I'm going to be... That was never the goal. I was mm. doing the research anyway, and the hashtags, sure. hashtags frogfind just came to me one day. And I also realized that there's a lot of traders out there that wouldn't bother doing research, etc. And most importantly, though, I've seen players continually being promoted on Slack, Facebook, Twitter every day anyway. So I just thought, well, I'm doing the work. You know, I'm trying to find players that are value. So like, I'll start tweeting them, tweeting them out. The thing is, though, Fig, um, I never for one second envisaged the scale of the following I would receive. <laughs> you know, I remember at one point I had like 70 followers, and then within a couple of weeks it was 700. Mm. And then kind of came the expectation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it kind of became... Where's the frog find? Yeah, exactly. Where is it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, like... So, I told, I spoke about backing away from Slack and stuff, but I was getting like, and then as the frog, I'm getting DMs from guys going, what do you think about this player? What do you think about that player? You know, and it just kind of grew arms and legs. You know, I was building a portfolio anyway. And, you know, the thing is, I use the tools and the football knowledge I have to lead me to a decision on a player. There's a key point here is everyone should do their own research and no one has a gun to anyone. If I was posting a 32-year-old Tunisian that plays in League 2 that costs 10p, then that's obviously wrong. You know, like, <laughs> I'm trying to find players that have future value and I'm posting. Whether people agree, you know, that's up to them. You know, there's nothing sinister or, you know, anything like that. The thing is, the, the term pumping or being accused of it, it used to upset, mm. it used to upset me. It used to, like, I used to get really, really annoyed by it. But then I realized, well, you can't please everyone, you know. And, yeah. And whoever I tweet is no different to traders on Slack, Facebook, Twitter, discussing or suggesting a player that you see hundreds of times a day you know they might do it in a more cute conversational way but it's basically the same you know yeah i just do it in my frog style but there's so much hypocrisy around yeah i mean i guess if you comment on someone's post and say yeah i quite like this player and he scored this many goals and this many assists that is kind of like not pumping and not tipping but you are still talking about a player where someone looks at that comment and says yeah go on then i'll buy i guess maybe where the the difference lies is 
that kind of expectation where you talked about where you do grow a following i don't think what you're doing is bad at all like i think that the level of detail you go into the players that you look at you also talk about like the negatives as well when you're like tipping quote unquote there are people that obviously on twitter they talk about like any old bloody player who scored like two goals and got three assists last year and then their screenshot is them actually selling the player that they're tipping so it's you know like i kind of feel bad that if you've ever had any um you know animosity towards you because by far and away like you're one of the guys that's doing it with far more integrity than kind of like others who i won't name of course yeah well it's that's it it's like the thing is you know for every good thing that you say about a player you know there's all every player is going to have a couple of negatives like Haller the other day you know his pass accuracy his pass accuracy last season at Frankfurt wasn't great and you know things like that need to improve for his PB scores to improve and you know it's only right to say to try and give the whole picture Mm. I get a lot of stuff regarding like uh, oh you know prices gone up except you know when I post and stuff like that. But the thing is, the way I look at it is like like look at the players, right? I did this the other day. It was yesterday. I did this, right? I've I've tweeted thirty eight players. Um, twenty nine are in profit, two are level, and seven are in a loss. Yeah, the seven that are in a loss are forty four pence total in a loss. The the twenty nine that are in profit are five hundred and forty nine pence in profit since I started on the first of May. Not a bad record. No, and that's not even including like some of the guys I've posted have been like based on transfer links, like so your Carrasco and your Musa Dembele. You know, you know, like mm. the peaks. And the other thing about it is like I'm looking at the peaks of the players that I have like peak prices since I posted. They're all well. Yeah. They're all well after I posted them. You know. Like, you know, I'm not ignorant to market growth and you know that and obviously what happens on the pitch will decide I have an opinion I believe it to be an educated well researched one but I don't have a crystal ball you know like yeah you know no one does I just have tools data football knowledge but there are variables like who knew Remy Cabela was going to go to Russia like gee I'll never forget <laughs> I'll never forgive that guy <laughs> you know but, but that's football these things happen but what about Dazzler's S-, uh, S question here? Have you ever sold a player soon after he's been your frog's find because he has risen to a point where you no longer see value in holding him? Uh, simply no. Um, basically, I've said, said from the start when I started doing it, I'm trying to build a portfolio. The only times mm. I've sold players are when circumstances change. Um, mm. Or a player has risen so much to the point that I see that his ceiling is right now. Like a Jose Perez. I sold half my shares in a Jose Perez. You know, other players that I've sold are things like, you know, when Carrasco, when I got fed up of this whole drawn out Carrasco to PB League drama, you know, it just, I was convinced it was going to happen and like it, it didn't happen, you know? Like, so it, I don't post players that I only think have like, what, 10, 20, 30% in them. You know, I post guys that I genuinely believe have the quality to steadily grow. It's a game of opinions though. We all know that. No, I currently hold 32 out of 38 frogs fines. Okay. You know, the only ones I don't hold are um, your transfer guys like Cabela, Carrasco, Musa Dembele, because I tweet when I did him, it was based on Man United links, and that happened. Mm. Um, Julian Draxler, because I thought he wouldn't get a move. He was going to get a move, and it's not happened. I'm uh, worried about game time. Same with Politano and Veritut's future. That, you know, it's the only six out of 38 that I've posted that I don't currently hold. You know, I've sold like half shares in ones. You know, you have to take rises and move money around and stuff but you know i currently hold 32 of them mm-hmm. 
Uh, what about Football Index Focus when he says, uh, what's your view on the difference between tipping and pumping? Because I guess I've never really answered that question on the pod or otherwise on Twitter. What are your yeah, thoughts there? Yeah, I think the pump accusations that I get are like, well, it's two, there's two parts to it. One, what's, is pumping the same as promoting marketing or is it like the, the purely negative pump and dump like thing? To me, I'm just promoting a player. To me, the, the problem is the, the nasty dumping. You know, like it's when players that are like essentially worthless get put up to, you know, 60, 70% and then people sell on them and, and they're never ever going to regain that value. And it's, it's to catch it. That's what catches out the naive traders. You know, like so the trending list, I think the trending list is shocking. You know, I think it needs to go. <laughs> I think it needs to go because, yeah. you know, it needs to be replaced by who's risen the most in pence or whatever, you know. You know, just because that can trip people up, you know, like I just try to pick players that I think have long term value, you know, and if you want to call it pumping, promoting, whatever you want to call it, but that's genuinely all it is. I just want to pick players that I think have long term value. If people agree, great. If people don't, that's up to them. It's, you know, it's a game of opinions. Yeah, I think it's true. And also, I think we're at a point now as a community that there are so many people on Twitter that every player is basically talked about, right? Whether yes. it's the Pogba's, the Messi's, the Ronaldo's, or it's the, you know, the 25p players that are, are being shopped as, uh, you know, bargains by people. Did you feel any added pressure in terms of when you had certain following or when you saw that, you know, you were tweeting and money was flowing into these guys? Maybe people have started putting no- notifications on your tips. Like, was there kind of a, a change in, in how you approach this? Yeah, I guess so. You know, like, so I change in terms of, yeah, I guess, pressure, you know, like, so you think, feel that people are watching, so you want to get stuff right. But I'm pretty straight up, you know, I'm pretty straightforward. I do the work. I believe in what I've done. I don't claim to get everything right. The stats will show, which I'm going to post on Twitter in the next, like, day or two, like, um, regarding, you know, the difference in from when I've posted to the prices now, but also the peak prices. I get accused a lot of, like, so, Oh, um, I'm causing so much of a rise in the 10 minutes, 10 hours after I post, whatever it may be. But if you look at it, like all the peaks on all these players are like weeks, months after. And the only one I had any issue with was Duda. <laughs> like the issue with Duda was I like Duda a lot. I think he's a great player. I think he's undervalued, but I tweeted when I was going to tweet. Um, yeah. That obviously attracted all the short flip guys, and it left me looking stupid. And I've never done it again. I never will do it again. I'm genuinely just trying to build a portfolio, and by posting, I'm just trying to help people that you know don't look. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, we're all trying to make money here, but like, there's nothing sinister, you know. But I'm just trying to use the tools and the knowledge I have to you know build a portfolio. What What do you define? as a successful tip because i think that's that was an interesting conversation that was brought up because i was speaking with someone saying that you know just because someone tips someone and they go up doesn't mean it was a good tip do you know what i mean i totally agree i totally agree that's why i've kind of like held off like posting like uh, um i think coming on the pods kind of like focused me to like look closer at the prices the players are now since when i tweeted about them you know and i want to like i guess i want to defend myself against the the wrong accusations about like so you know like players getting flying up in price and then getting that's not the case but in terms of long-term success that's decided on the football pitch and we've not had the seat we've not had the season so at the end of the day 
players prices have gone up but we also know that football index is growing so like I'm not ignorant to the fact that you know I'm not trying to say oh he's gone up because I've shown everybody that he's great like it's been the summer <laughs> you know yeah the proof will be on the football pitch and I'm the totally proof cool be in the pudding won't it? proof in the pudding exactly uh, this is a cheeky one but do you share these tips with anyone before you put them out on Twitter I, I have friends like you know what I mean if you if like a friend who's a stock you know like blah 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 if I didn't share it with my close friends, etc., then you know, then yeah, I'd probably get shot. But like, so you know, but I discuss it with them as well. You know, what I mean, I'm discussing these players. I used to discuss a lot on Slack, but then I kind of backed away from that as I've touched on. And you know, like being the frog as well, it's, it means I get like DMs from all different types of people, and I can discuss players calmly and like discuss the merits of this guy versus this guy, etc. And that's mm. what I love. I just love talking about football. I just could talk talk about football the whole time, and like, so, <laughs> and I just don't want any of the drama. I just want to discuss football, study FI, and just have a peaceful life. And I know I probably sounds ridiculous considering i'm putting myself out there but it's just as i said it just kind of i didn't expect it to be this it just kind of grew arms and legs mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah is, is there anything else you want to add on the uh tips side of things i think it's it's quite interesting really that differentiation between tips from pumper what makes yeah. a good tip there's so many interesting things there isn't there there really is you know like so if you come across any like you know any of that nasty buggers that are trying to get like sub 20p guys that play in like the Tunisian or Saudi Arabian league or Japanese whatever then you know like that's obviously just nasty pump and dump stuff you know like yeah. that's you know like, and it, don't get me wrong I can I believe that, that people do get caught up in this it has to you know, I feel so sorry for these naive traders that see a guy that's up 70 80 percent on a trending list and then they're buying thinking oh he's 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 flying and then you know what happens you know i'm just trying to tweet guys that i think have long-term value i won't get them all right of course i won't you know like like i go back to that crystal ball comment but it's a game of opinions like i've said and there's so much i touched on it earlier there's so much hypocrisy around you know like a guy on slack or on facebook in some facebook group going I think he's quite good. Um, do you think he's quite good? Do you not think he already has him in his portfolio? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, let's be honest. You've got to be pretty naive not to think, you know, like it happens all the time. You know, I post a player, what, like 38 over 107 days or something. So every block, every two and a half days on average, mm. let's say. It's not an extreme amount, is it? It's not. It's not. Then you've got guys that are suggesting 10, 20 players a day on Slack. Like, like, you know, but I'm the one that gets the stick. <laughs> like, like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a slight sense of irony there, isn't there? Speaking of Slack, but more in a positive sense, <laughs> yeah. uh, time for a little ad break section here. I just need to plug Index Gain because what they've done recently has been absolutely phenomenal. The Buzz Matrix tool, to put it in short, they've done so much data work. What they've done is they've basically <laughs> got every single person's or player's buzz score or PB score from last season based on the new matrix. And it's a phenomenal data set. Like, I don't know how they've got every single kind of data point, including, you know, aerial duels one, et cetera, et cetera. So for example, you can see Messi would have averaged 47.82 more points last season. Neymar, 47.18 points last season, more than uh, than his average was. Whether that means it's a good thing or a bad thing, because we don't know what a score is needed this season, I don't know, but it's quite exciting. And they've also allowed you to filter whether or not you can find players over 250 points, 280, 300, 350, 
and 370 players getting that many points these days. If you guys do want to sign up to Index Gain and see all that lovely data, you can head over to indexgain.co.uk and you can use my code FIG2020 for 50% off your first month, which is not too bad a deal. Next question is from Mel, football MDJ. Pogba and Neymar look to be slipping from their lofty positions at the top of the index. Do you think this is a temporary blip or a more permanent changing of the guard? Before I answer that, I just want to say, just to reiterate what you said, and sorry for any negative Slack type stuff, because it's not. It, Slack's amazing. Buzzbot, Index Gain is the best product you can have for football niche right now, bar none. And like what you said regarding what they've introduced this summer, this season, it, it's phenomenal. You know, I couldn't talk highly enough about the product. Okay, the question... It's hard to argue with Paul Pogba, really, isn't it? Um, I haven't owned Pogba since the split. And, it, you know, I've been meaning to get back on. And then there's there'll been the whole dramas of the summer. And he's been up and down like a yo-yo. But Paul Pogba at Man United, um, he's, what is he, £7, what, 20 seven fifteen something like that now? Something um, like that. By the time this goes out, it'd probably be, you know, a pound either way, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but he's returned 40% dips. That's, like, ridiculous. You know, but mm. so any as long as he's a Man United player, it's hard to argue with Paul Pogba. You know, but that kind of touches on. Just to, sorry to interrupt you, but is that more like you know he's a United player, but for how long? Yeah, no, absolutely. The window's huge. Except- I'm not saying that he's going to move this summer, but yeah, yeah, it looks and look like you know I've been looking at transfer windows intensely for the past three years. Yeah, um, and I watch a lot of football. I read a lot about football and. It would really surprise me if he's at United in like two years, for example. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Do you think that kind of thing affects traders' thinking? Because they're like, oh, well, in two years, I'm going to have to get out anyway. So it's kind of a race to the bottom. Whereas someone like, I don't know, like if Neymar stayed at PSG, at least you don't know what's going to happen in two years, right? It's slightly different. Yeah, it's a tough one because like they both have so much, like the whole top of the index, like I actually feel quite relaxed and chilled to be away from it. Like, you know, like, you know, because there's so much uncertainty. Like, if you look at Pogba and Neymar, like, Pogba, yeah, I agree. Is he going to be a Man United player in a year, two years? I doubt it. Um, we don't know. Neymar, is Neymar going to stay fit? Is Neymar going to go to Barca and have to compete with Messi? You know, they are rightfully where they are at right now, but I understand the fear side of it. But then the problem is, is that like, who's the alternatives? Because, mm. like, so the alternatives are obviously, you would think, like, obviously, I love Mbappe. I think, in my opinion, he's probably the next best player in the world, arguably already a top three best striker in world football now. Yeah. You know, but he has matrix issues. And then you talk about, like, so Sancho, who's obviously the standout English talent right now, but they both have dividend issues. Like, to be the king of the index, you have to have proven dividend ability and div potential. Yeah, I do agree to the most part. But do you see that people are looking at it as like their potential dividend? Because like, if Neymar leaves PSG, Mbappe could have a whole season where he's the man, he's on the ball more, he scores all the goals, he takes all the like, you know, penalties. He doesn't play that way though. He doesn't play that way. Yeah, yeah, I I guess so. I guess so. But, you know, if I guess if you score enough goals, you're going to win dividends, right? Yeah, true, true, true. But he he scored a lot last year. Uh, just, he did he did yeah obviously it's a tough one but basically you know again to be devil's advocate and this is not necessarily what i think but people will turn around and say well you know he'll probably evolve to become more ball dominant my point here is it's, it's i say it through gritted teeth because like um, yeah i have an issue with mb 
MB mm. is so powerful. And like Man United or you know, obviously the English Premier League EPL, like, you know, like that's where the most of the MB is at present, you know. And, you know, it's so powerful. And like the amount of dividends returned for MB versus PB, you know, it, to me, it drives me mad at times because I wish that divs were, were more reflective on performance on the pitch as opposed to haircuts. You know, like, so <laughs> I have this issue and I know it's easy money and I know that's true, but the football purist in me wants like dividends to be decided on the pitch. Like the best example I have is last season that like, you've got Mesut Ozil returned <laughs> 31 pence in MB. Joshua Kimmich returned 29 pence in PB. So you've got one guy that absolutely smashes the matrix and real life performance but wins less divs than a forgotten overpaid flop. Like, PB needs help. The split increase was good, but FI growth has outgrown that. And I think it is too close to IPDs now, isn't it, in terms of the gap? Yeah, IPDs are here now and they do help, but I just think to make it more reflective on football, but then, like, what do FI want? Like, do FI want that or do they just want to fill their coffers? Like, you know, we need FI to grow and be successful as well. Obviously, we all do, but... They they could do both, couldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I think like they pay out so much in MB, and I know MB is an important part of it because obviously during the summers, etc. You know the the off days. Like I'm not saying get rid of MB or anything, nothing like that at all. I just think that PB needs help. I agree, but I also think MB needs help from like a, an actual product standpoint. Like I think it needs to have more outlets that added to it it needs to have european outlets that yes. are, that kind of feed into it because it would actually make it so a player moving to madrid might not actually mean that they because how silly is it that paul pogba potentially moving from manchester united who are the biggest club in england but not the best they came sixth last year right so and he's wanting to move to the biggest club in the history of football in madrid and we're talking about him dropping like two or three quid it's not very intuitive. And I get it that we're a UK-based platform. But if this thing goes, you know, European or worldwide, there needs to be a definite change in that. Like, there needs to be more data feeds that get put into it because it's it's crazy, right? We, even Eden Hazard, right? He went from being the best player in the Premier League to moving and being in the... I guess that's a slightly different circumstance, but you can kind of see where I'm going with this, right? Like, I do agree. Like, I think PB probably needs to have to be the front runner. It needs to be way bigger than MB and bigger than IPDs by greater, you know, magnitude than it currently is. And FI need to balance that with their own books, but also they need to make this as probably as reflective as they can off on the pitch. But I do think that MB does need a bit of help as well. And I, I do agree with you, but I don't know I, what your thoughts are on that. On that, I couldn't agree more. Um, basically, like. Um, Regarding the top five leagues, you know, MB should be across them too. There should be outlets from all these leagues, whether it's like Marca in Spain or whatever it may be. That's the only way to, like, it's like, how many times did we see like three or four Man United players on the top five during the summer? Oh, it drove me mental. Mm. You know, like, so, you know, like, so when all these other transfers and things are going on, and yeah, absolutely, that would also create more stability in prices. And yeah, yeah, like, I totally agree with that, Fig. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is ironic, but the Ginger Perlo has just said, you as bored hearing about Pogba as me, 
pog boring and after we've just kind of riffed off him for about 10 minutes or so what's your thought on kind of not only the ordeal or the transfer saga in general but kind of the, the constant back and forth from football index twitter traders yeah i, I think it's going to be inevitable like you've got the guy who's like been the top of the index and legitimately so for what he's mm. returned but when you're at that top it's a long way to fall there's always going to be that like issue regarding you know his value and it's there's so many like i said earlier there's so many opinions and stuff you know i just wish that it was a like you said like a more of a, a european context regarding mb then you know it might not be as brutal as it has been i'm pogborn he's just he's just another player you just got to judge the merits of each player individually but what are your thoughts on that kind of back and forth on twitter then yeah, but I don't like it when it gets nasty and things like that. I try and stay out of, like, you know, like, try and stay out of any of the... Mm-hmm. You know, like, you see stuff and, you know, I try not to get into, like, full-blown arguments. I know other people do and, that you know, each to their own, they, you know, they, <laughs> they, you know, like, but that's not for me. You know, like, I get annoyed when I see things like when people say, oh, divs don't matter. You know, like, that's the stuff that gets me wound up. People who say dividends don't matter, like, they obviously don't grasp the FI in terms of, like, validity or longevity. I know it's easy to think in a bull market that, you know, everyone's going to keep growing, but where more money, just new money just keeps FI growing, but that won't last forever. You know, like, dividends have to be at the heart of everything or the whole product. It's a nonsense. There has to be dividends and they have to be relevant. Mm, they do and i guess when they're so small as they are now after the share split it's easier to kind of overlook them i guess in terms of like per share not and in terms of the yield well that's on fi that's on fi fi like you know fi have experienced huge growth and they have to like dividends have to be reflective of that growth yeah yeah but what what is your thoughts because i think phil tyler actually asked a question for I think it was for taking value, but I'll ask it to you as well. Like, do you think football index can just forever increase? Because I, I tweeted this, like, anyone who thinks uh, football index is just going to increase dividends forever are, are crazy. Like, it's just not going to happen. No, I- and I got a lot of, not backlash, but there were a lot of people like, oh, well, it has to rise with the market. And I was like, yeah, but that's not what I said. <laughs> no, no. They can't rise forever, but then the market will eventually be, you know, it will get to a point where, it, you know, the growth that we've seen over the last 12 months is just insane. You know, you know, it's not even just the 12 months, the 12 months I've been on, but obviously in the years prior as well, like, I hope it keeps growing. You know, I'm not, I love my numbers, but I'm no accountant and I don't know what the bottom lines are and stuff regarding FI, but they have to keep making money. But as long as they're not overly greedy with it and the whole thing works, as long as they aim to run it as best as it can be run, that's it. You know, like regarding dividends growing forever, no, but then prices won't grow forever either. So... But they can't, right? Like, it just wouldn't make... They can't, but then look at the top of the market now. Like, do you not think the prices have kind of, like, you know, like obviously so much money went in pre-split and the top guys, and then, yeah. you know, and it's all kind of closed up. It's all kind of, you know, things have all brought back to... That's how I think it should be. Like, I'm not saying numbers or anything, but I think, you know, the, as long as the market is, like, has a fair reflect... People talking about it getting to, like, £20 a player again and stuff like that. Like, that's, <laughs> that's miles off. If, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. you can only deal with what you've got right now. Yeah, definitely. I think people uh, think about that a bit too much, in my opinion. Like, you've got to just play the game as the rules are right now, I suppose. Exactly, exactly. SAH89, based on the footy growth, where do you see the top price player at Christmas and the end of next season? Wow. 
I guess we've got to base it on what we were talking about before, right? Yeah. The current dividend structure. Yeah, that's all we can base it on. So I can't imagine it be like, what, nine, ten pounds? Does that seem, yeah. you know, that seems like logical to me, you know, like, so. That kind of seems the max for me. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. If someone absolutely smashes everything, like, you know, PB. Yeah, NBA, we're talking about yeah. prime Messi in yeah. the Premier League or yeah, something like, like that. Exactly, exactly. Then, <laughs> you know, then, then, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen right now. No. So, yeah, nine, ten pounds seems like a sensible number for me. Yeah, unless, you know, Messi goes 15 years back in time or something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which is, isn't likely, or, I don't know, Sancho becomes as good as Messi, which probably won't happen either. So. Or some other youngster does that and goes to Man United. I, I don't really envision us seeing anyone over that 9-10 barrier who that player is in the 9-10 barrier. Because I think what people might start doing, they might stop buying the likes of Mbappe and Sancho and be like, well, they're going to be around for longer than a couple of years, kind of in the vicinity of the top. And then there'll be like a dividend increase and people will, you know, they'll be like, oh, glad I held kind of thing. But that's yeah. not really the way you should be looking at it, I guess. Well, well, yes and no. Mm. Like, you know, you obviously, like, there's a huge, you know, we obviously look at the youth prices of, like, so the Brewsters and the Greenwoods. Like, people are obviously, like, putting a lot of money into the fact that they think that these guys are going to be stars. And, like, fair play to them. You know, they're braver than I. I acknowledge they are exceptionally talented young footballers. They have everything, they're at the right clubs. You know, like, I totally get it. I totally understand why they are where they are. But, like, if it doesn't happen, then phew, they're a hell of a price to fall from. There's always going to be, like, it's the same as like when you buy a game of FIFA, you're always trying to find the next best player. You're always trying to find the next young guy, you know, so young guys will always have their place and their like be overvalued, overvalued, I don't mean like unknown value, let's say. Mm. That could drive it on further, that could drive, you know, like Sancho with potential Prem links, etc. could drive his price, but like, who knows, who knows, we'll see, time will tell. Who knows, indeed. Uh, F.I. Willock, he must be having a good time with uh, Joe Willock doing quite well for Arsenal. As an Arsenal fan, happy to see that. What three teams do you think will win the most PB this year? Three teams, and three teams that will win the most MB. Well, there is only one MB team, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll go for that. Let's, yeah. let's agree, agree that number one is going to be United. United, Liverpool seem to be doing quite well with Virgil and... I thought about this and I thought, well, regarding three teams, like, so I think you obviously got your, in my opinion, you'd have United, Liverpool, and my third one would be just superstars. Your yeah. mess, your messies, your Neymars, your, you know, I, I don't, I couldn't really well, think. Well, I guess it's going to be Barca if Neymar goes there, right? You, well, yeah, 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 it will be Barca. You'd have Barca, you'd have Neymar and Messi predominantly, yeah. you know, winning MB out of Spain. So yeah. that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. As for PB, well, that, that, you know, obviously being PB, that's hard. You know, like even who for who won the most PB last season? Um, do you know out oh, of teams? Out of te- I know who got the highest. I know City scored the highest points. Yeah, but City had this unfortunate thing where they score all these amazing amount of points, but they don't actually win much PB. That can change. Like the thing is with PB is there's a lot. There is a lot of luck involved in it. Mm. Like see your PSGs and your Leverkusens and teams like that. They were the really good last season, really good PB teams like Leverkusen, like Kai Havertz. Like you know the guy's scores were phenomenal, but he hardly won PB. Like there is a lot of luck regard involved in it. I did say that on a previous pod about how his scores were so good, but he uh, he didn't actually win Star Man that many times. That was interesting. It's just luck. Like I think people get caught up on like so. Like, a lot of people like talk a lot about yields and like how much they've won. I generally try to focus on scoring 
and mm. you know, like so, like what scores players have achieved, and what things like a lot of people talk about. Like you know, one I always talk about is Griezmann, where his like fifty five percent of his goals were game winning goals. Like how much did that help him win PB? You know, like while someone else like that only has like a twenty percent game winning goal. You know, there's a lot of variables that need to be understood and need to be like accepted. Is the fact that like Team players can do really well one day, but then some random French guy for Reims or, or Amiens or whatever can score 300 points. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, <laughs> but it's all about having players that are consistently going to be in the picture. Yeah, because that does something for their sentiment as well. Yeah, I do think certain players are overvalued because of what they've won last year and like so what happened last year won't necessarily happen this year you know like so people forget that each season is different you know like while some will replicate previous performance you know football changes you know personnel management styles so many variables that's why fi is just perfect for football it really is it really is but we still haven't really answered the question uh three teams (laughs) let's put our money where our mouths are psg um city I'll go for City, PSG. Um, It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I want to say Leverkusen, but, like, you know, Bayern, you know, it's really hard. Like, there's certain teams out there that I think have had changes that will make them more PB friendly. Whether I'm right or not, time Mm. will tell. But, yeah, likes of City should be the amount of goals they score and the way that they play. They do share the ball around so much that. You have your systems. You have your like a pass to Messi system, <laughs> <laughs> and then you like pass to Neymar. That's their system, and then your more collective systems of City, where they share the ball so much. So yeah, I'm mm. still not answering the question, but you get what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do. I mean, Barcelona maybe with those forwards. If Neymar goes there, could be a shout. I think Liverpool will probably win quite a lot of PB this season. Um, I don't know, like it's, you've got the likes of Trent, Alisson, in terms of goalkeepers, Alisson's probably up there or going to be up there, right? You've got Trent, you've got Van Dijk, you've got Robertson, you've got Salamane, um, who, who aren't the best for PB, but might do better in the new uh, Matrix. So I think they'll be quite good. I think Barca, if Neymar goes there, they'll they'll win a shed load because... It's going to be like MSN again, isn't it? Like they're going to, they're just going to score so many goals that some those forwards are going to rack scores up really high. And it, that doesn't necessarily mean like Neymar's going to win more PB or Messi's going to win more PB or Griezmann's going to win more PB than last season. I just think as a team, they're going to probably win more. Um, I quite like the PSG shout, shout to be fair. Um, I think they'll do all right as well, PB yeah. wise, but. Obviously, you're Maybe Bayern, you're Bayern as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you're Joshua Kimmich is there. He's the messier defender, isn't he? Like, <laughs> you know, like, in terms of what he did last year, and you know, like it's certain teams that like, obviously they're usually the stronger footballing teams. You know, the the past, yeah. the past, past first teams, and you know they'll generally rack up the points, won't they? So, mm, mm, mm. Uh, last question here, Fi Gardner. What things annoy you most about Fi, and why the hell is Iron Robin? Still cluttering up my portfolio weeks after he retired. Why do you have him not? <laughs> like, why is he there? It's a very valid question, to be fair to God. It's a valid question, but I'm going to focus my answer to this question on the opposite end. 
I want to firstly applaud like FI for what they've achieved, like with the growth and the, the uptime of the sites and things like that. It's impressive. You know, there are issues and there have been, but I think generally as a whole, we have to be impressed by what they've achieved in the short time that they've been doing what they've been doing. But the one issue that concerns me the most is IPOs. Um, IPOs are the lifeblood of the index. They have to be the priority right now. Um, it's not just the fact that there will always be youth coming through that needs added or the missing players. It's the fact that football changes year to year. Say a player scores 20 goals in the Bundesliga one year, but breaks his leg, doesn't recover properly, and then he never reaches that level and he drifts into PB insignificance, let's say. Um, but then when you've got a 20, on the opposite end, you've got a 23-year-old who's playing in the Levante B team. And then, you know, he isn't on the index, but at some point something clicks and he becomes a star. Football changes all the time. IPOs has to be run smoothly and added correctly. And I know they'll be, they'll be trying, but like, so the embarrassments over the past few weeks, it's, I don't understand why they can't do like stress tests and things like that on when they do add, before they actually add players. Um, the other thing I also find quite strange is that, say when a player's added, like, I don't understand why, like, essentially players' values return to zero when, like a Robin, when they retire, mm. yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if a player's added at a pound, why is he not stay a pound till all the shares are bought to get him to a pound? Okay, so, so a player is floated by Football Index at a pound. Yeah. As soon as play people start buying, his price goes up. Yeah. You know, surely the better way to do it would be a player um, is floated at a pound and you have like a week period or whatever where shares are bought in that player and it fills it up from zero to a pound. And if it doesn't reach that high, then, you know, say only 74, 70 pence of shares have been bought. Then when, yeah. he, when he's open market, he'll be 70 pence. I just think, to me, that seems like the most, like I say, I'm no, mm. I don't understand the systems well enough, but right now it just seems bizarre. It seems like Ravel Morrison being floated at 120 and he's just never going to move unless something... I think it's got to be blind bidding. I think the, the system that you've described is like quite innovative and creative, but I just don't think it's like easy to understand enough. And I don't think it's intuitive enough. Like I think explaining that to a new user, me and you have been on the platform a while, but if I say to someone, by the way, mate, you can buy this guy a quid, but he might not actually be a quid at the end of the day. <laughs> it gets a bit yeah. confusing, right? Yeah, yeah. I do like what the way you're going. Okay, think... that, that is the flaw, like buying at the, at the pound. <laughs> yeah, I get that. But then like, it's just the way it is right now, I just like, but more importantly, the systems. It's the systems. That's the thing. The, the technology has to be flawless. You know, and IPOs are so important. You know, as like I say, football changes all the time. Like, so they need to have a system where the new guys can be added easily. Mm. I think it's a tech issue. It's not like a, like, I currently think it's a two pronged problem, right? They've got a, a tech side of things where clearly it's it's a struggle to buy players. And then the other side is people don't like how they're being put out into the market. Now, would as many people be complaining if they seamlessly entered the market? Probably not, right? So first fix the tech, I think. Fix the way or like the mechanics of them coming onto the platform. And secondly, I guess it's looking at that blind bidding process, I suppose. I think that's the best way to do it, right? Because a lot of people ask for IPOs loads because they're like, oh, I'm going to get a bargain. I'm going to make loads of money. 
However, there's going to be less pressure on FI if they start putting out IPOs that are kind of fairly priced by the market because we're bidding on them, right? Then people will still be excited, but there's not going to be those people who are putting pressure on FI to put players onto the market because they think it's a quick buck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you, then you talk about stuff like bots or anything. You know, people always talk about like bots, like buying huge amounts of shares, etc. All these, these. Are, I like it. There needs to be a fairer system, definitely. And mm-hmm. it, you're right. It has to start with the tech. The tech has to be there, and I'm sure they're trying. But and I don't know. Maybe with like the whole Nasdaq thing and all that mm, sort of stuff. My you know, mind. You know, you ma- took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, maybe that's the step that's needed to get a smoother system. Being the experts that Nasdaq obviously are in markets, so yeah, yeah, maybe that's where it gets fixed. But I'd rather it fixed before they start floating players. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it looks embarrassing for FI, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't want FI it to does. be embarrassed. It does. And yeah. the more people that are on FI, the more embarrassing it gets because it just spreads word of mouth, right? Absolutely. What What are your thoughts on the Nasdaq thing? Just reeling it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If it means like so, everything being more professional seems a bit harsh on FI, but you know what I mean. Like, I think it will be a good move. Like, I obviously don't know enough of the details. And like, are we talking order books and things like that? Is that is that how that's going to change how the platform operates and stuff? For all the like, you know, like for me focusing my negatives on IPOs, like in terms of the market, you know, I do like the market. I do like, you know, obviously there are, you know, you're never going to like everything, but you know, how much does it change it? Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns there. I'd love, I definitely need to get more info before ca- casting judgment. Yeah, I wonder how it's going to work. It seems to be that they're going to be there to do more than just order books. And well, yeah. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. Like from what I've read, like, you know, like they're obviously their stocks and shares um they're hoping to get into other markets and they're hoping to use their technology in other areas and FIs and obviously you know, I know legally we're it's a betting company, but you know, obviously it runs like a market. So, like, you know, if they can if they can put tech in there that that helps how the market operates, then yeah, I'm all for that definitely. Mm. I think it's going to be quite interesting. I think if Football Index can actually get Nasdaq to help them on not only order books but their current tech, then we are in for a period of like crazy, crazy growth. If that tech could be fixed, then. I don't know if there's much stopping this thing as a product. No, absolutely, because you'll talk about, like, say, you know, I've heard people talk about things like funds getting involved, and, you know, like, say, you know, you're, they wouldn't go near it because of, like, you know, it's it, the uncertainty of that. But obviously, if NASDAQ came, yeah, you could be right. It could be monstrous. It really could. Like, it could just go so big. Yeah, and I think it was good PR for them when the announcement came out. I, you know, there was people on CNBC and stuff talking about Football Index, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if that helps them get into other territories and countries, etc., then yeah, it could be amazing. It really could. Mm -hmm. It's amazing already. FI is brilliant as it is, but obviously growth into different areas and getting more, we all want more people um, investing money in FI. That's how it's all going to help everyone, FI included, Mm. obviously. Right. uh, Frog, any other other business, any other thoughts that you haven't talked about yet throughout the show that you want to add? No, I think we've covered a lot, to be honest. I think it's been good. So I've enjoyed it. I feel a lot more relaxed now than I did when we started, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you were like, oh, fuck, you look so relaxed. I was like, well, it is almost episode 100. I'd be kind of worried if I wasn't by now. <laughs> if I was just a nervous, sweating wreck as I, as I appear on the camera. Uh, I was in episode one, to be honest, really, actually. I mean, I, I suppose I'd made some of the videos before, but uh, I know Bonza was really nervous when we did episode one. <laughs> yeah. 
bless him. I think he was about three or four beers down to try and calm the nerves. <laughs> yeah. I did think about it. I did look at the bottle of whiskey in the kitchen and think, and think do, I, do I need a couple? Is this a good idea? <laughs> then I thought, no, I thought not. Clear head. Let's go. <laughs> right. Where can people find out more about you, man? Yeah. I'm Findex Frog on Twitter. And like I said, um, hopefully I'm going to be working with like so Y Scout and hopefully you'll be able to get a link there soon to if you get some offers regarding signing up to their packages. So follow me on Twitter. Um, I w- aim to be more active again on Slack, you know, like, because obviously the season's kicked off now, but my job is very time consuming, you know, like I, as like I said, I do 12 hours a day for 21 days in a row. So it's quite hard, but obviously when I'm at home, I've got a lot more time. So yeah, Slack, Twitter, catch you guys there. Yeah. Do shit with him, DM and shoot him a follow. Cause he's a great guy, as you can tell after an hour and 15 of talking. If you guys are commuting right now, doing whatever you're doing, at work, gardening, at work, pretending to work, but listening to the podcast, uh, doing anything else. Thank you very much for listening. If you guys aren't commuting and you're at home and you're working from home or you're on holiday, uh, I'm jealous. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions. I think, Frog, you had like 40 or 50 different <laughs> questions, which I was, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I like it when it's a happy medium, you know, 15, 20, they're going to pick about 10 when it's like five, I'm like, oh, I need a few more. But 20 is, uh, or 50 or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, it hard pickings. But uh, yeah, I'm on holiday next week. So if you're listening on Sunday, I'm already on holiday. Um, and I'll be a bit slower to answer, you know, emails, DMs, etc. And uh, next Sunday, I'll just be flying back. But you'll have a podcast with Taking Value to listen to. So uh, thank you guys very much for listening. And yeah, have a great day doing whatever you're doing. Thanks for having me.